Hello and welcome to the Smart Witch Podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Happy Lunasa. I'm recording this on um, a few days before the actual date, but if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're in the right place because we're going to spend the first part of this episode talking about what Lunasa is, what it means, why you should be excited about it. And then I'm going to do a little reading for every sign. Um, As usual, this is going to be something that you'll want to listen to um, in three parts. You want to make sure that you, I mean, hopefully you listen to the whole thing um, because I think there's something to learn from every card and every piece of wisdom that's revealed. But I want you to pay close attention, especially to your big three. So your sun, moon, and rising sign and combine the three readings for your personal, most accurate reading. Um, But before we get into that, I want to talk about what Lunasa is, uh, why this is one of my favorite holy days of the year. But before we get into that, I just also want to say that I hope you're doing well. I know that things in the world right now are really heavy, and I've remained somewhat silent um, in this regard on this podcast just because I don't have a lot to say. I feel like... um, we're just in a season that's a little bit dark. There's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of grief and anxiety. And the astrology is not exactly helping. We do have Saturn retrograde right now in Capricorn. Um, Saturn retrograde isn't necessarily something that would create a lot of melancholy in the collective, but the fact that Saturn is in his natal sign of Capricorn, or not natal sign, but uh, ruling sign of Capricorn, does indicate that there is just some really strong depressive energies in the collective. I don't know if you've been feeling that. I certainly have. And as I said, I think it's kind of a a difficult combination of both the astrology of the moment um, and also, obviously, the current world events, um, most especially the COVID-19 virus, which has really um, affected everyone at the individual level, as well as all of us collectively. And it's just a really difficult time. So I just want to say that I hope that you're doing well. um, And I hope that you are healthy. I hope that you're staying uh, mentally in a good place. And I hope that this podcast can be a source during this time for you of peace and um, comfort. I really do. That's my intention. And it's why I started the podcast, honestly, because I was having a hard time with um, quarantine and just all the suffering in the world. And at the same time, I felt like I had a lot of extra time on my hands and I wanted to use that to do something good and to offer a contribution. And I know that we're all, you know, depending on where you are actually in the country and in the world, a lot of us are in lockdown still. Um, Most of us are not necessarily in lockdown, but are making the individual choice to stay home and not really leave the house, especially for those who do have underlying medical conditions um, and are really afraid, uh, justifiably so. So um, I feel like a podcast or anything really where we're able to connect is helpful for people in those situations because hearing another human's voice and learning something new um, is, is healing to the spirit. So I really do hope that regardless of whether or not you're going out or if you're still quarantined, um, I just hope that this podcast is finding you well. And I also hope that it is serving you. And if there's anything that I can do, um, to be more of service to you in terms of the content of this podcast, please reach out to me and let me know because really I, uh, I want to, I want to help you in any way that I can. 
Um, so I just wanted to say that. And again, just to remember the astrology of the moment is genuinely just a little bit tricky. As I said, we have Saturn and Capricorn um, all the way until December, which is a little bit of a, a heavy depressive vibe. And don't forget, we're still functioning too within the Saturn-Pluto conjunction, which is quite rare. That happened um, at the end actually of 2019, but really set the stage for kind of a challenging 2020 for us. So just remember that Saturn is really heavy, really active right now. And so if you are feeling a little bit depressed, if you're feeling a little bit melancholy, um, you're not alone. First of all, I can guarantee you that. And also just make sure that you lean on your community, seek help if you need to, and um, just know that people are there for you and that you're really not alone. So I wanted to share that message that I was just feeling really called to mention that because as I said, I know I've remained pretty silent on the current um, situation in this podcast with really the exception of the first episode where we talked pretty heavily about how to, how to deal. Um, and if you want to listen to that, um, it's episode one. Um, I think it's just called happy new moon in Taurus. We talked about the Taurus new moon and how we can actually use the medicine of the sign Taurus to help support us through, um, this crazy time. And it was recorded quite a while ago, about three or four months ago. But, um, I think most of the wisdom contained within is still beneficial even long after Taurus season. So please do give that a listen if you are feeling called. But without further ado, let's get into what I want to talk about today, which is Lunasa. So Lunasa is the first harvest. There's three harvests in the Wiccan tradition. The first is Lunasa, which is August 1st. The second harvest is on the autumnal equinox, which is approximately September 21st, or just whenever the sun enters Libra. And then the third harvest is Halloween. October 31st. So we have three harvests and Lunasa is the first. Now this is August 1st and you might have actually heard Lunasa under the name Lamas. Um, I don't like to use that word because it's actually a Christianized word. It's Anglo-Saxon in its origin and Lunasa is the true uh, original Celtic name for this sacred day before it was kind of repurposed for Christian use. So that's why I like to use the true Celtic word. But um, if you have heard a different name for this holiday, and there are several others too, um, just know that it is all referring to the same thing. It's all referring to August 1st, which is the first harvest. And this is a really significant day. Um, so obviously, I guess you could compare this kind of like to Thanksgiving in a way. Um, it's more of a spiritual kind of Thanksgiving and it just sort of honors the cycles of the earth. It's all about gratitude and taking stock. It's very much a time to, um, assess the work that we've done. Now, obviously as witches, we manifest and work magic all year round, but there is something very magically potent about summertime. And we do, we call this creation season for a reason. The time, um, really between, uh, Beltane and even a little bit earlier, I would say around in bulk where we get that first spark of energy and movement and fire magic, all the way until the first harvest is considered to be creation season in the Wiccan tradition. And this is an especially potent time to work magic, although obviously, as I just said, we're doing that all year round. But there is really something to this time of the year where the sun is really strong and active, and we really do just have these yang kind of vibes uh, supporting us. And so um, the first harvest kind of marks the 
the coming to an end of that, it's not over by any means because we still have another full month of summer. And honestly, we just started Leo season, which is my favorite half of summer, by the way. I always feel like cancer season falling in summer is kind of strange because it falls in the first half of summer. So everyone is feeling really extroverted. Everyone wants to get out. Everyone wants to gather. But cancer energy is really not social. It's not extroverted. It's actually very emotional. It's very reflective. Um, it's very uh, kind of take space and um, just care for yourself type of vibes. So it's not really the shiny, sunny um, energy that we think of when we think of summer. So for me, I always feel like the cancer season part of summer is a little bit heavier. I still obviously do things. I'm still social. Not as much as this cancer season with the obvious circumstances, but for the most part, um, I will still get out there just because where I live, it's cold literally eight to nine months of the year. So the few months of the year that the weather is beautiful, I definitely like to get outside. And I think that has just a natural impact on us. It makes us want to be more social when the weather is nice and when the days are longer. Um, But cancer season really is not all that supportive of that energy. But once we get into Leo season, this energy is extremely supported. Leo energy is all about taking up space in the world and shining your light and doing things and making connections, having love affairs, being creative, being sexual, being alive. And so that's very much the energy that we're traversing right now, which actually I think is going to really nicely temper some of the heavier um, astrology that we're currently working through. So I'm really happy to announce that we are in Leo season now. And so obviously Lunasa always falls uh, within the first um, week or two of Leo season. And so that's pretty timely. It just indicates that this time of summer and creation magic really isn't over. It's um, coming to an end though. So there's something somewhat solemn about this day for sure. There's an understanding of the fact that you know time is passing and summer is slowly coming to an end. Uh, Pretty soon we are going to start to feel a little bit of a chill in the air and the leaves are going to change. And as much as many of us do love fall, and I think all of the seasons have their magic and their power, um, and I know as a witch, obviously, I love fall, bring it on. But at the same time, there's something very um, primal in us that is a little bit sad when we experience fall because for our ancestors, this was a really scary time. Our ancestors during the winter months, their survival was extremely uncertain um, and it was really kind of life or death. Um, Their primal sort of need to survive really took over. And that's what's so jovial about summer, Um, again, at the primal level, is that we just have this feeling of abundance. We have this feeling that we're being taken care of. Whereas in the winter, harsher months, it can feel just a little more uncertain. And so that's, again, just a primal response that we have to the seasons changing, regardless of whatever personal feelings or opinions uh, you may also have about fall. There is something that's just a little bit serious about that turn of the wheel in particular um, of among the four. And that's something that we think about on Lunasa. And we, we realize that uh, we are coming to the end of summer. And with that comes, you know, shorter days, longer nights, colder weather, And it's also a time, 
to hold space for that understanding, but also to be very grateful for the creation season that we've had. As I said, it's a time to take stock, to not necessarily do more magic or creation work, although obviously all of the eight holy days of the year are extremely supercharged. So any spells that you do choose to conduct during this time is going to be extremely powerful because the veil is thinned. But it's not necessarily the most auspicious day of the year for new spell work as much as it really is a time to practice gratitude. On Lunasa, I'm actually working this year, so I'm not sure how I'm going to celebrate, but I normally like to celebrate with a big meal. And that's because it could be the Polish in me, but I think that food is such a good way to connect with other people and family, but it's also just a really good exercise in abundance and gratitude. Preparing a healthy, balanced meal for yourself and then eating it with people you love is such a powerful root chakra, heart chakra activity. And I historically usually will make a big meal and get together, um, usually just with a couple people or family, and we'll say a prayer and we'll eat together. And that in and of itself really is a beautiful Lunasa ritual. So if you're looking for a simple quarantine safe way to celebrate, this would be it. And even if you're quarantined completely alone, no family, no roommate, not seeing anyone at all, you can still prepare yourself a delicious Lunasa meal and say a prayer and eat it. I honestly love eating by myself. I don't know why. I always have. I literally prefer eating dinner alone anytime I can. Um, but it's also a good time too to like order some delicious food out, get some takeout or have something delivered and just feel that gratitude of uh, knowing that you're provided for. And I think that's a really powerful Lunasa prayer kind of in and of itself. But I want to talk just a bit more about the darker side of Lunasa too, because I always like to talk on all of the Wiccan holidays about the story of the uh, death and rebirth of the harvest god, because that's a really foundational myth in the Wiccan religion. And I'm not necessarily Wiccan, as I've discussed previously in this podcast. I identify more strongly as a witch than a Wiccan, because Wicca refers to a very specific religion and set of beliefs that I don't necessarily own always adhere to. But I am strongly influenced by Wicca. I was a practicing Wiccan pretty strictly for a very long time. Uh, I'd say I'd stri- I've strayed a little bit from that path within the last five years or so, but that's still heavily where my roots are. And I still practice all the, the holy days and celebrate and worship on those days too. So um, this is a big part of my personal practice. This is a piece of Wicca that I still do honor and um, acknowledge in my current practice. And um, so if we think about the the wheel of the year, I know we talked about this on the Beltane episode I did too, which I think was episode four, where we talked about polarity and sex magic. Um, So the wheel of the year turns and with the turns come some sort of a significant um, relational shift between the goddess and the god. And the god, the sun god or the harvest god, however you want to think of the male um, facet of divinity, um, grows and ages. And at this particular stage in the wheel of the year, so we talked on Beltane about the fact that he is a young man, the goddess is in her maiden aspect, and so the two of them, as nature would have it, uh, to put a PG spin, they fall in love, to put more of a uh, X-rated spin, they have sex. And they ultimately uh, impregnate, she is pregnant, the goddess, um, from that union. And so right now she's pregnant. And um, she's kind of in her, I guess, mother aspect right now. 
And the sun god, however, well, whereas the goddess is just everlasting, she doesn't actually ever die. She just kind of changes in terms of what aspect of the goddess we're working with at any given time of the year between maiden, mother, and crone. Whereas in the Wiccan tradition, the, the god actually does die, although he's always rebirthed by the goddess um, on the winter solstice, which is give or take December 21st or just whenever the sun enters Capricorn. And so that's a really powerful moment in the Wiccan religion, December 21st. But Lunasa is important too because we realize on this day that the sun god is aging. And so that's a very solemn thing. Um, and honestly, there are different versions of this myth everywhere. Um, in some versions, he actually does die on Halloween, on the final harvest. Um, I like to think of it more as that he passes on the uh, eve of the winter solstice so that on sunset, well actually on the day, so on sunset on the day of the winter solstice, whenever that falls, he dies with the, with the setting of the sun and then in that moment the goddess goes into labor and he is immediately reborn the next day. But as I said in some tales, or some versions of the tale rather, he dies on Halloween um, or sometimes in between there somewhere. So it really does depend on what resonates more with you obviously as always. Um, but for me I feel like it would come a little closer. So I think of it as sunset on the winter solstice is when he officially is dead. And that's why the winter solstice is so powerful because we do hold space both for death and life. And um, Lunasa is kind of like that too, in the same way, in the sense that we are looking back on everything that we've manifested, everything that has come to pass, um, everything that we like about the way this summer has unfolded and really 2020 so far has unfolded and everything that we maybe don't, how we can do things different. Obviously, 2020 is an exception. We can't talk about it like it's any other year. Obviously, I think almost all all of us are probably not where we would like to be necessarily at this time. Um, there's literally no one that hasn't been affected adversely by the virus. Um, and if you're inconvenienced, you are privileged by it. So um, these are all things that are important to think about too. But even that aside, we can think of our personal successes, our personal growth, um, aside from the larger kind of collective struggles that we're all facing right now. And so this is a really good time to take stock. It's a good time to reflect and journal and look back on the year and also to look ahead and sort of think about planning and preparing for um, the months ahead. And it's more importantly just a time to be grateful for whatever you do have, which um, obviously we're all in different positions right now, and I hope that you are in a position where you can see that you do have abundance, whatever that looks like for you. So that's Lunasa. Um, it's a really powerful day, and I hope that you're excited. And today for the reading, I thought it would be really special if I did a, a specific Lunasa reading where when I shuffled the cards, I actually asked what each sign is harvesting right now. And I thought that, that was a really beautiful question because it's completely, as I said, appropriate for, for the phase that we're in, in the wheel of the year. And so this is for you. If you want to know like what energies you are kind of harvesting right now, where you are in relation to where you've been and how you can use this information to move forward. That's kind of, um, where I focused the question when I shuffled the cards. And as always with the readings on this podcast, I have set the intention that you're going to hear this reading at exactly the time that you're meant to hear it. So even if you're listening to this episode months after Lunasa of 2020, or even maybe years down the line, um, still listen to your sign because I do feel like 
it's going to be relevant for you at this time in your life, even if, as I said, it's not um, close to the time of recording. I have set the intention that this is going to find you when it's supposed to. And I believe that tarot really does transcend time and space. I think that it's perfect exactly how things are unfolding. And I also want to add, too, that, um, again, please do listen to all three of your uh, your readings, your sun, moon, and rising. Pay attention to all three because that will give you the best picture. And also, I do hope that you listen to all of them because this is also just a really good opportunity to learn about the tarot. If you're a tarot reader yourself or you're a student of the tarot or a novice or you're just interested in tarot or can appreciate it as an outsider. Um, I do like to take this opportunity to teach as well as read. So um, I know I haven't done a tarot immersion in a while. I was I actually did record one. I recorded one on the moon card actually, but I ended up not loving it. I felt like it didn't do that card justice. So I did decide not to release it. Um, but I think I will probably do a tarot immersion soon for those of you who are really interested in in those. I haven't done one literally since the beginning of this podcast, but this is kind of, as I said, a double um, opportunity because not only am I giving you a, a mini reading, but I'm also kind of giving you an opportunity to learn a little bit about the cards. So hopefully you can enjoy this, um, not just as a divinatory sort of um, tool, but also just as a learning moment for your own personal tarot practice. So um, the first sign, obviously, is Aries. And Aries, I pulled three cards for you. And normally I try not to read more than two per sign when I do these, but I really felt like they were all extremely important. So this is a really important moment for you, Aries. You're in a really important personal cycle. Oh, my gosh, I almost forgot to mention. So we do also have um, a full moon in Aquarius on the 3rd of August. So this is also really powerful. Not only do we have Lunasa on the 1st, but Lunasa's pretty much coinciding with the full moon. Um, I always feel like full moon energy is very strong and active the three days before and the three days after the actual date. So um, really, we're also kind of doing a full moon reading right now. So that's important to keep in mind too, that we are in the midst of the Aquarius full moon, as well as experiencing Lunasa. So I'm going to refer to that in these readings often as well. But I'm sorry, Aries. So let's get back to you, your favorite subject. So um, Aries, you're going through a very difficult time right now. So we pulled the five of cups for you as your first card, which is a very contractive state to be in. So Aries, I don't think you like what you've, uh, what you've sown. You're not happy with what you see right now. And this might be really painful. You might be moving through some kind of a perceived, um, loss, or you maybe feel as you've quote unquote messed up. You might be feeling, uh, a lot of sadness, a lot of grief. And of course, these are energies that are, again, in the collective right now. But you in particular, Aries, are moving through some heavy emotions right now. And they may or may not be based on the reality of the situation, but you're definitely perceiving uh, that you're not happy with what you're seeing in your environment. And I feel like you're not, you're not appreciating uh, what you have cultivated for yourself. And the good news about that, Aries, is that you actually have created a really solid foundation for yourself over the last three or four months. And you don't know that and you don't see it yet. 
So please do uh, feel your feelings. I always hate when tarot readers pull a card like Five of Cups that's a little bit spikier and they're like, you need to be grateful for what you have because that's just really shamey and it's not reality. Like we need to feel our feelings. And regardless areas of whether or not you are actually moving through something very serious, a serious uh, tangible loss in your environment, or whether you're just moving through feelings of perceived loss and you're maybe not seeing the situation clearly, either way, your feelings are valid and they're real. So I really do want you to carve out the space and time to feel them. I want you to cry. I want you to journal. I want you to lean on your community and lean on your people and speak up and say, hey, I need help if you need help. Um, and I really want you to soften into vulnerability, which for you, Aries, is really, really difficult. You're not good at that. That's not something that you're comfortable doing. Of course, vulnerability is tricky for all of us, but really, Aries, it's more tricky for you than other signs of the zodiac. You really struggle with that. And so this is a challenge, but I really do want you to lean into your feelings of sadness, of disappointment, of loss, of grief, whatever it is that you're going through right now that's contractive and I think there is something, then please give yourself permission to feel that fully. You're not weak and it's okay to feel that. But I also want you to consider when you're ready that there is actually, um, your, the situation is not as hopeless as it might appear if that resonates. You have actually cultivated something pretty special even if that's just lessons, Aries. It might not be the outcome that you wanted or the thing that you wanted to create, but that doesn't mean that you're being punished. That doesn't mean that you did something wrong or that you messed up or that you stepped off path. It actually just means that it doesn't look the way that you thought it was going to look or that maybe you would have wanted it to look. And I am sorry about that, Aries, and you're completely allowed to grieve that. But at the same time, again, when you're ready, I want you to realize that always with the Five of Cups, there's some sort of a hidden gift. There's something that you have actually created for yourself that's really beautiful. And I can see clearly in the cards that you don't see that now, Aries, and that's okay. But please know, and I hope that it gives you some comfort, that there is actually something beautiful in this. And you will see it probably maybe even as recent as a couple months. Um, but certainly I think within the year or into 2021, you're going to see that you've actually, um, you're not off path and you've actually been harvesting, uh, or not harvesting, but rather sowing some really beautiful outcomes for yourself that you just haven't received yet. The timing, either the timing isn't right, or you need to shift something. Um, but either way, it's going to become clear. And as I said, the medicine really, a five of cups is just to consider that things really are not as hopeless as they seem. And you actually have uh, created some really beautiful things for yourself. As I said, even if these are just lessons or uh, new wisdom that you've acquired from it from an experience that felt really painful. Or maybe there is actually a literal kind of silver lining in the situation that just hasn't come forward for you yet. Either way, just know that things are not as bad as they appear. And I do hope that that gives you some comfort. And now we also pulled the two of pentacles, Aries, which means that this is a really powerful time for you to reconsider where and how you source your energy. And I think that that has something directly to do with your contractive state right now. I feel like you're not happy because somehow you have either given a little bit too much of yourself to the wrong people or to the wrong cause, or you have just stretched yourself a little too thin and you do have lots of energy to give. But even those um, of us who have you know, so much energy still need to rest at times. And so I feel like you have outsourced a little bit, or not outsourced, but your energetic output is too a little too much, even for you. And so I feel like that's why 
if you're looking around and you're not happy with what you've, with what you're reaping right now, what you're harvesting, then I think that this actually holds the key as to why and how more importantly you can course correct and manifest what you want really, really quickly. I feel like you just need to do some shifting in regards to, uh, your boundaries, your personal boundaries saying no, um, you know, not necessarily giving of yourself, even if you think you should or want to. And Aries, you're really good at being assertive when you need to. This is kind of a superpower that you have. So um, tap into this ability because it will serve you now. And you really do want to be careful about about your energy because it's a valuable resource. And we all need that reminder sometimes. And I think that you just kind of need that reminder today. So I feel like that could even be the gift of the five of cups is just this understanding that, you know, not everyone deserves your energy, your time, your attention. That is a precious, valuable resource. And the two of cups, or I'm sorry, the two of pentacles is a pretty strong indication, Aries, that this is a really important time for you to reconsider where you've been putting your energy. And it might not be anything external. It might not be people, although it could be as literal as, you know, there's people that you've been spending time with that may be aren't actually making you feel good or they're not giving back to you or something to that effect, but it might not be that literal and it might not be about anything in your external environment. It could be more that where you're putting your mental energy is not conducive. Maybe you're stuck in a really negative mental cycle. And so as a result, you've, you've harvested, you know, a response to that. So it's definitely just an important time to think about where you've been putting your energy, uh, how you've been managing it where it's going. Usually when we pull two of pentacles, we are in a season of our lives where things are just a little bit busy and that can be really joyful, but we still need to have boundaries. Even if we're just sort of in a place in our lives where we're needed, we need to be of service or we're just in a season where things are active. We're still allowed to say no and we're still allowed to keep it a fun process by um, not just giving of ourselves freely. And so Aries, I think you're going to find that your contractive state immediately clears up when you, when you put this into practice. And obviously this is easier said than done. It can be very hard saying no to people we love. It can be hard to shift our mindset. Um, it can be hard. It's not just simple, but it also kind of is. So I really want to invite you to do that. This Lunasa, do some sort of a boundary ritual, or a cord cutting if you do think it's a particular person in your environment. Or even, as I said, just take stock of your beliefs and your, your mindset and take responsibility for that. And I think that you're going to be much happier with the results that you get in the next month or so, certainly by the next full moon, if you do that for this full moon, if you do some sort of a, a ritual around just being a little more protective of your energy and a little more discerning about where it goes. And now the third card, Aries, that we pulled for you, which really adds weight to this um, this reading, is the world. And so this is a really powerful moment. This Lunasa and this full moon in Aquarius are extremely pivotal for you. And you are finishing a really important cycle in your life right now that you will never have to return to. Obviously, you're human. There will be more lessons. There will be more cycles that you're going to have to go through. But this particular cycle, which is hard, it's challenging. I feel like 2020 has been especially uh, tricky and trying for, for those with heavy Aries in their chart. But I really do want you to know that it's over, that some facet of this journey is over. You've learned some lessons. You have newly acquired wisdom that will never allow you to be 
or rather that will allow you to never be in this position again or in the position that you were previously. You know too much, you've learned too much, you're too wise, and you're never going to have to repeat this lesson that you've gone through over the last three to four months. It's over. So you can breathe a sigh of relief and know that you have completed a cycle, that you've graduated from this particular grade, and you can move on to the next one. And that alone should be really reassuring and really powerful and should feel really good for you. Because the cycle's over, now you get to start fresh. And I really want you to focus on the Two of Pentacles as your fresh start card and think about how you can just be a little bit more careful about who you're spending time with, who you're giving your energy to, what you're giving your energy to externally, and also where you're putting your mental and emotional energy internally. These are going to be really powerful questions to help you to sort of lead into the next cycle with grace and um, just totally set up to have a fantastic rest of the year. And then Taurus, for you, we pulled the Princess of Swords, which is the Page of Swords. And so Taurus, what you're reaping for Lunasa is a better relationship to your mental health, which is really impressive that you have managed this in the midst of the conditions that we're in. But honestly, Taurus, you're absolutely thriving and you're in really good relationship to your brain and your brain chemistry. I feel like all of you that have heavy Taurus in your chart have been working a lot on yourselves and on your mental health and wellness, and it's paying off. And you're going to notice that especially around the full moon on August 3rd and Lunasa on August 1st, this is going to become apparent. You're going to get some sort of an affirmation that you really have been taking care of your mental health and it's paying off and you're feeling really good and your vibration's high. And also, I feel like the Page of Swords is a card of confidence and of speaking your truth clearly and nervously, but also with a feeling of just sort of quiet power. There's a humbleness to it, um, a humility to it, but there's also just sort of an empowerment to this card. And so that's where you are, Taurus. You're kind of learning, not only are you on an important journey right now of really um, coming into a, a powerful and beneficial relationship with your with your brain and with the way your brain works, but you're also stepping into a powerful moment of speaking out and being a presence in the external world. And again, I feel like you're going to get some sort of an affirmation sign around this uh, first week of August. The first or the third are your main dates to focus on. Um, that's going to be really validating and help you realize that you really are kind of on a path of figuring it out. And again, this I think is going to have something to do with speaking out, being recognized, being well received, or it might not have anything to do with like external validation. It might just be your awareness of your own personal growth. You might just notice that you handle a situation with ease that maybe would normally be challenging for you, or you spoke up in a situation where you would normally keep quiet. Sometimes that is the best personal validation that we can receive is the, the quiet, private kind that only we even notice. So good for you, Taurus. You're in a really good place. Keep up the good work. Um, and just know that you are doing exactly what you should be doing and that is going to become clear to you that your brain is in a really good place and your mental health is on point and your throat chakra is vibrating high. You are speaking your truth. You are ready to share anything that wants to come through you during this time, whether that is verbally or through a creative expression. And so um, keep that in mind and just be bold and embrace the Leo season vibes and the, um, the Lionsgate portal being open. And then, so we have Gemini for Gemini. I actually pulled the hermit, which is really interesting. So Gemini, you are, uh, harvesting 
a newfound sense of solitude and comfort with your own solitude, which is actually a huge lesson for you because you really like to be social. You're extremely, it's not to say that you're extroverted because especially if we're just talking about a Gemini sun or Gemini rising, uh, your moon sign is really going to have a lot to do with whether or not you're going to be more, more emotionally stimulated by being around people or not. And honestly, I think we all fall somewhere, you know, in the middle on the introvert extrovert scale. But typically those with heavy Gemini in their chart are going to be more on the extroverted side. They appreciate a lot of stimulation. They appreciate a lot of noise, a lot of people around. They kind of thrive in situations where there's just a lot going on. And this card shows though that you've really up-leveled, that you are harvesting a newfound sense of wanting to be by yourself and actually really appreciating your own company and realizing that that is really a gift. And I honestly feel like that's such a beautiful lesson, especially in the midst of this time where solitude and connection is something that we all, I think, have a completely different relationship with and will forever after 2020, um, now that we have such an awareness of hygiene and germs and uh, crowds, but also our need for human connection. And so Gemini, this has been really revolutionary this time, this last three months for you. And it's really cultivated a stronger sense of self. And you feel a lot more confident. You feel a lot more comfortable being alone and standing by yourself. And I also feel, Gemini, like this is a really psychic time for you too. Your psychic abilities are really strong and your personal intuition is really strong. And your sense of empowerment and confidence is coming from a really healthy place. It's coming from a place of realizing that you really do have everything you need inside of you, which I know is perhaps the biggest cliche I've ever said on this podcast, but it really does fit here. You realize that you internally have everything you need. And so you don't need to go looking externally for anything necessarily. I mean, sure, it's fun if you have extra stuff to keep you company, um, but you don't need it. You're very um, full. You're full in and of yourself. And that's a really powerful lesson and um, especially for the sign of Gemini. And so I feel like you're feeling really confident. That's just the word that keeps coming to mind. You're feeling really confident this Lunasa and you've very much up-leveled. And you might be feeling a little quiet. You might not be in the mood to celebrate in kind of a big way. But as I said, I feel like the best Lunasa celebration is just a feast, even if it's a one-person feast. So I invite you to do that. Maybe invite your close people if it's safe for you to do so at this time. And if not, just rock your solitude because you've been killing it. And also, um, especially on the Aquarius full moon. And honestly, I mentioned this in my weekly newsletter if you're subscribed um, you know that. Uh, I feel like the Hermit card is so Aquarian and the traditional rulership of the Hermit card, and I say traditional with quotation marks, um, is Virgo. And even though I think you can make a good case for that and people have made a good case for that, I really like to veer off course from like the traditional like rulerships of the all the correspondences. And I feel like the Hermit card is so Aquarian because this is so just Aquarian vibes. Aquarians love to be by themselves. Um, and even Uranus vibes too, because Uranus tends to come to us with insights and inspirations and strokes of genius when we're by ourselves. That's when we're going to really um, experience this full moon in its fullness and in its most positive uh, way. And so Gemini, you in particular, especially being an air sign, this is going to be a powerful full moon for you on the third. And I really invite you to be by yourself as much as you can on this day. Obviously, there's practical things to think about. You might have a job. You might have other um, obligatory things that you need to do that involve being around other people. But if you can at least give yourself an hour, Gemini, um, I know you don't love 
meditation, no one necessarily loves it in the sense that it comes naturally to them. But Gemini in particular, you can have a really hard time quieting your mind. So I want you to try it anyway. I really do. I want you to give yourself an hour on the full moon and I want you to meditate. And I want you to work with Howlite, which is a really good stone for quieting just inner chatter and silencing the mind a little bit. Um, so if you have a piece of Howlite, work with that. If you don't, either get yourself a piece. If you're a local person listening to this, I can sell you Howlite. I do have um, a pound of it, so I can give you a piece um, for a very affordable price. But if you don't have Howlite, whatever you do have in your collection um, would probably be fine. Amethyst is just a good all-purpose meditation stone, too. It's affordable. It's uh, one that most people do have in their collection. But I like Howlite specifically for Geminis because Geminis, you do have that mental chatter. It can be really hard for you to silence your mind, and that's what Howlite really helps with. So try to get yourself a piece of that if you don't have one. And give yourself an hour, listen to a guided meditation as opposed to just trying to tune out the silence because I know that's going to be really hard for you. But if you have a voice to listen to, Gemini, I think you'll find that you can get there pretty quickly. So give yourself an hour, uh, do a quick little meditation and just like enjoy the silence for a little while. And I literally think you're going to receive such a clear download that it's going to blow your mind. You're going to be like your own tarot reader, your own psychic. So please do that. Give yourself that time. And I literally, as I said, I feel like it will be very life-changing um, or at least maybe not that dramatic, but at least you're going to get like a really clear insight about something in your life and you're going to, you're going to have a practical like plan after it. Um, you're going to have a plan of attack and you're going to just feel like you know exactly what to do even in situations where for a while you've struggled to find the answer. So that's my sort of advice for you, Gemini, is this is going to be a really powerful full moon for you in particular. So use that time to be by yourself, carve out some space, and just listen. Listen to see what the Aquarius full moon has to say to you because it has something to say. And then I want to move on to Cancer now. So Cancer, holy shit, this is such a powerful full moon for you. Oh my goddess. So we pulled death and the Empress, which is such a duo. You can't even make this up. So first of all, if you're a Cancer who's been trying to get pregnant, this is a very powerful time for you to do so. Um, I don't know, obviously, uh, where you are in your personal cycle, but um, energetically speaking, pulling the Empress is like this is the time. So if you are trying to get pregnant, I know that's kind of a weird thing to say, especially via a podcast, but if you are a cancer, um, sun, moon, or rising, and you've been trying to get pregnant for a long time, try to conceive around this full moon. I'm telling you, just give it a shot. Um, some really good fertility crystals that you can work with would be coral. You can work with moonstone. You can work with garnet. You can work with ruby. Um, these are all really powerful to help you to stimulate your fertility, uh, carnelian too, physically. So give that a shot, um, have fun and good luck. But yes, definitely those are, those are vibes that are around you right now. So in addition to that, obviously a lot of us don't want to get pregnant. So if you are a cancer babe who is not exactly looking to conceive, this is still a really fertile period for you for creation of any kind. So if you are trying to birth something into the world, if you are thinking about um, doing any sort of a creative offering or 
um, like writing or, you know, releasing a podcast, anything like that, this is a really favorable time for you to put that out into the world. And this is what you're, this is what you're, um, harvesting this Lunasa. You really have an abundance right now of just creative potential around you. And you've worked really hard for it. You've not in a, like you've struggled and suffered. I just mean that, you know, you've laid the groundwork and now, um, things are really effortless. The timing is right. So this is a really good time for you to, um, work creation magic of any kind. That's kind of what you're harvesting for Lunasa. So this is a really powerful time to birth anything in the world. And you're also, um, you're receiving a lot of, um, like sensuality. You're more deeply in touch with your personal sexuality, um, than you probably have been in a long time, maybe ever. So that's a really beautiful gift too, that you've given yourself through the work that you've been doing over the last three or four months. You're in a place in your life now where you're feeling, you're feeling yourself. You're feeling really sensual. You're feeling like a sexual being. You're feeling sexually awakened and just available. And it's not just sexual receiving, but also really just receiving in general. You are a master manifester right now, Cancer. And all of your vessels of receiving are wide open. All of your switches are switched on to help you receive. So this is a really powerful time to manifest, but not in a super magician-y kind of solar plexus willpower kind of way. Instead, the best way for you to manifest the conditions that you want right now, Cancer, is actually just to create the foundation and lay the groundwork and create the environment for whatever you want to call in to to flourish. So if you nurture the conditions in your life for what you want to flourish, it's going to come to you like a spider weaving her weaving her web. That's a good way to think about it. Rather than pursuing and kind of going after what you want and using sheer will to like make it happen, um, your particular cycle right now is more suited toward the more feminine kind of manifestation, which is I'm desiring this, so I'm going to create the space and nurture an environment where this thing will will be attracted and flourish when it arrives. And that's kind of your half of the dance. So this is a really powerful way for you to work magic right now, Cancer. And I really recommend um, doing that on this full moon. This will be a really powerful full moon for you for man manifestation. But we also pulled death, which is incredible to pull these two cards together because literally it's like the card of death and the card of fertility. But ironically, they're not, they're not like opposite ends of the spectrum. The death card contains the empress within it. Um, literally with death, we are inherently also rebirthing, right? So as much as it's called the death card, we are also literally being reborn when we pull it. And so that facet of the card, the, the rebirth aspect, because we pulled it with the Empress is especially emphasized for you, Cancer. So as much as you are, you're shedding a skin right now. This is a really powerful full moon for you to do any sort of a releasing ritual too. Um, I actually think that that might be closely related to, to manifestation for you. Um, this might be the case where if there's something you've been desiring for a while, Cancer, that hasn't been coming around, it could actually be that you're not fully released somewhere. And the minute you do a releasing ritual, or maybe you're not doing an elaborate ritual, maybe you're just going to, you know, do some mental work and get rid of it, you're going to find that the roadblocks, like, disappear and melt away. And sometimes we think things aren't related, like, 
for example, maybe you haven't fully forgiven your father or a parent or fully forgiven a, a former partner. This can actually, you can have the finest rose oil. You can have like the best handmade love candle from imported from like Salem. You can have like the biggest rose quartz generator that I've ever seen. And if you are not fully, you know, in a space mentally where you're able to manifest successfully, it's not necessarily going to happen or it's not going to happen as quickly or as effectively. And that doesn't just go for love spells. That goes for anything, any type of manifestation work. It really is all about your mental state and the way that you feel. And that's not to say at all, because I always like to make this distinction, that you have to be a perfect person to manifest anything. Because that's not true. I mean, no, we're never perfect. And I don't believe that you have to fully forgive both your parents and all your exes and just be a total Buddha figure to deserve love. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that sometimes we can think that two things aren't related. Like we have desires and goals and dreams and they're not related to some of the other sticky things we're holding on to. And sometimes they're not, but a lot of times they are. And I'm feeling that for you, Cancer, that there could be something that you, um, it's time to let go of that is hard for you to let go of. And it's going to be a very emotional experience. But if you do let go of it, holy cow, the world is going to open up to you. So um, I invite you to soften into that. And if you don't know what that could be, I have a really strong feeling that it will become clear to you on the full moon on the third. And that's really what the gift of this Aquarius full moon is too. It's going to show us stuff, all of us collectively. That's what Aquarius full moons do. They show us the things in our lives that we wouldn't normally see because they gift us with the emotional detachment to see it for what it, for what it is. And so that is your medicine cancer. And I feel like that's going to be really powerful for you to uh, do some releasing work and just shed the skin. This is happening organically. I don't think it's going to require necessarily a ritual or a theatrical um, demonstration on your part to solidify it. I think it's happening organically, but I think the more mindfulness you bring to it, the more satisfying the process will be. So I definitely invite you to think about that too. So now let's move on to Leo for whom we pulled a really interesting card and happy birthday, Leo, by the way, this is your season. So I hope that you are totally having a blast and enjoying your time. And I pulled the seven of wands for you, Leo, which is kind of a tricky card. So this is for what you're harvesting. This is kind of interesting because the seven of wands is, it's a card that is like traditionally associated with success. So it's not, I wouldn't say it's outwardly a spiky card, but what I would say is that it's a little bit, it's a little bit tricky. We tend to feel in the Seven of Wands like it's us against someone else or us against a force, um, an imaginary force, or us against, you know, the world in some cases. We tend to have created in our mind a situation of me versus them or me versus him or me versus this belief um, where we feel like we're in battle, but we're not. Um, and so that's a very healing in and of itself to realize, Leo, is that a lot of times when we pull this card, we think that we are uh, in battle. We think that we're 
being plotted against. We can tend to think that other people are out to get us or that they're in competition with us actively. And this is not the reality ever when we pull seven of wands pretty much. So that's really important for you to realize. And especially as a fire sign, Leo, um, your fire can burn a little too hot sometimes. And obviously no shame there or shade because we can all, we all have an inner fire regardless of your birth chart. And we can all experience our inner flame burning a little too hot to the point where we become jealous or angry or envious or competitive. And in small doses, that can be really powerful or not in small doses, but even if we just channel it in a way that is, uh, that feels good for us. But with the seven of wands, a lot of times we are walking that fine line and it's starting to not feel good. So Leo, I want you to be really mindful about your flame, this uh, Lunasa, and that's what you're harvesting. You're harvesting potentially um, some serious motivation, some an increase in your passion, which is already so commendable. Um, but just be cautious because it can, if you're not careful, turn into a situation where you feel attacked or you feel on the defense or you feel like you need to protect yourself against someone or you're fighting against someone or something. And just be really mindful of that sort of um, mental programming because it's not really the reality. And it is just your, your, uh, your fire burning a little too hot and then that's affecting your thoughts process. So just be really mindful of that. And, um, it's fine if it's just encouraging you to be your best self. I mean, that's never a bad thing, but just be cautious about, like, I always think of like social media comparison when I pull seven of wands. Um, I always think of like that feeling we get when like, maybe we're scrolling through someone's social media page. I know this is such a 21st century example, but, and we see that they're like living their best life. They've like traveled to three countries this month. They have like this beautiful family. They've got this super hot lover. Um, and another one in the last country they just came back from like this huge mansion or whatever it is. I mean, obviously we all have our different hangups and things that we want that it can be triggering when we see that other people have them. Um, but whatever it is, like a lot of the times this can make us feel somehow angry at that person or bad about ourselves rather than actually inspiring us to be a better version of ourselves and also to be happy for that person. And it's really not that easy. Like when our fire gets inflamed like that, it can be really hard to get that shit under control. But this is something that Leo, I think is really going to factor for you on the Aquarius full moon. So just be really mindful of that. And as I said, if you are mindful about it. It can actually be a force for good. It can be um, powerful even. So keep that in mind. And I think and hope that you are actually going to experience um, some positive transformation. And then we have uh, Virgo. I pulled the Knight of Pentacles. So Virgo, this is kind of interesting because for a card of what you're harvesting, pulling Knight of Pentacles kind of indicates that you're not really harvesting anything. Um, and I don't at all mean that in a bad way. It's actually a really beautiful thing. This is a really preparatory um, card. It's a card about planning and calculating and getting ready for the next cycle. And that's very much where you are, Virgo, in your personal process, which is kind of funny. You're not really in a stage right now where you're necessarily harvesting anything quite yet. 
Um, and so actually, I hope this is healing for you because if you do feel like things are stuck and stagnant, which a lot of us are feeling that way because astrologically, Venus and Mercury have both been in the same sign forever. Normally, they switch really quickly um, from sign to sign within two to three weeks. But because of their retrogrades, they've been... Uh, Mercury has been in um, Cancer and Venus has been in Gemini for such a long time. And that can cause collectively a lot of like stagnancy or, or the illusion of, of stuckness. And so if that's plaguing you, Virgo, um, you're not stuck and you're not stagnant. You're just in a particular phase in your life right now where you're being invited to actually plan and think ahead. And that's actually, that's very Lunasa because as I just said, it's all about kind of looking back, but also looking forward. And for you, Virgo, the looking forward aspect is a little more emphasized for this time. And so you're really going to be invited to think about what's next for you. Um, think about your next cycle. This is really a time of planning and preparation and getting ready because I think you're going to have some big shifts coming up in the next few months in the later half of the year. So um, use this time to plan accordingly. And you can use, as I said, the full moon in Aquarius for that too, because it's going to be really helpful in showing you how you can sort of improve your personal plan. So uh, keep an eye out for those insights. And I'm actually going to give you the same advice that I gave your Mercury cousin, Gemini, and give yourself some time, do a little meditation. Uh, I know for you, it's not mental chatter as much as it's physical movement that you prefer. So maybe yoga for you, Virgo, would be a better way to tap into the uh, meditative receptiveness that will allow Uranus to come through and give you a really powerful insight about how to proceed. And again, do that on August 3rd or around August 3rd if you can. And then uh, Scorpio, or no, I'm sorry, I literally do this every time. I have to apologize to Libras everywhere because last time I did a tarot scope reading, I shuffled and I realized mid-recording um, that I was only had uh, 11 cards in front of me. So it's like, what sign did I forget? And it was Libra, and it was no problem because I just pulled one, obviously, and then worked it in. Um, but it's just funny. And then I did that earlier. When I was shuffling the cards, I went right from Virgo to Scorpio. Scorpio, and I caught myself this time, but then that's too funny that I just forgot about Libra again, which is funny because I'm a Libra rising, so I don't know what to say other than I'm sorry. But Libra, I'm not that sorry because we pulled a beautiful card for you today, which is the King of Cups. So Libra, you are harvesting a serious emotional upgrade this full moon and Lunasa. You have really up-leveled emotionally and you, your cup is full. You are in a position right now, and this might come as a surprise for you too, Libra, but you might not realize how helpful you can be right now to the people around you. And you might not know that because we always tend to think that we're a mess. And Maybe we are on the inside, but we often don't know um, that we actually have the power to really help and heal other people. And so Libra, even if you feel like you're not necessarily all that together, you're kind of surprised to hear this, trust me that you actually have more to give than what you think or know. And actually doing that, giving and finding a way to help the people around you right now is going to be your medicine. It's going to help you feel better if you're struggling. And you really do have something, whether it's emotional support or um, something a little more tangible and literal and physical, you have something that 
someone around you directly can benefit from. So I really want to invite you to look into what that is and how you can be of service because I'm telling you, you can be. And usually with King of Cups, it's something emotional. So it's something to the effect of uh, maybe a loved one is going through a really hard breakup or maybe they've lost a loved one and they're grieving. And you have a unique capacity right now to hold space. You are, and that's not necessarily something that you're always um, gifted with, Libra, depending obviously on your individual natal chart. Uh, Librans can actually be a little bit emotionally awkward. They are an air sign, so they do function better in situations where um, the subject is logical or it's intellectual. But when it comes to emotional support, sometimes all air signs can become a little bit uncomfortable. They don't really know how to handle it. Again, depending on the other um, activity in your chart, because I'm an Aquarius and uh, Libra rising. I'm Aquarius sun, Libra rising. So I'm a double air sign, but I do have a cancer moon. So that's why I'm such a space holder and healer. And I'm so watery and feminine and emotional. And I also have Pisces as my Venus. So I'm definitely very watery um, as well as air, which is kind of an interesting combination. But um, if you also have water in your chart, you might be a little more king of cupsy in your normal life. But regardless, Libra, um, even if you're all air or fire and air, you have a unique ability right now to heal others and to hold space for them. So do look for ways that you can do that. And as I said, I feel like it's going to be more emotional in nature. And on the off chance too, Libra, that you're listening to this and you're like, there's literally no way because I'm in a really bad place right now, then it could also be that it's time to hold space for yourself. Although that's not usually the case. And that's really not what I'm feeling for you. But it could be the case for a, for a small handful of you that the King of Cups is actually arising to say almost kind of similar to the wisdom that I gave your complimentary sign Aries, that this is really time to focus on boundaries, focus on saying no, and really only give, again, I guess I'm dropping the cliches today, but only give when your cup is already overflowing. Um, if your cup isn't overflowing, then, then don't give. But usually pretty much always when we pull King of Cups, um, the cup is overflowing. So Libra, I really want you to consider. And again, I feel like this is very natural. This is not something that you've necessarily consciously worked toward over the last couple of months, although maybe it is. Maybe you've been doing a lot of emotional work on yourself. Maybe you've been doing a lot of forgiveness work and um, a lot of that type of more emotional healing and um, softening into your receptiveness and sensitivity. And even if you haven't been consciously doing that, I feel like this is a download. Because again, don't forget, guys, the Lionsgate portal's open. And I actually meant to talk about that at the beginning of this episode, but I forgot to. So the Lionsgate portal refers to the alignment between the star Sirius, which is way bigger and brighter than the sun, our sun, uh, aligns with the earth. And then also at that time, um, the Pyramid of Giza comes into direct alignment with the belt of Orion. And a lot of ancient civilizations and modern spiritual communities believe that this is a really powerful time for basically accelerated human evolution and for the activation and integration of certain light codes. And so basically what this means is that this is just a really powerful window, which again, um, so it starts this year, it started around on July 26, I believe is when the portal officially opened. Um, it comes to a climax on the 8th of every August. And August 8th is always an important day because in numerology, 8 is one of the most powerful numbers. It's the power of infinity. And I don't actually know, I'm sorry, the exact date that the portal closes this year, but it is not till later in August. So we've got lots of time to work with this energy. And so basically, this is a powerful time to just do 
a general upgrade consciously of yourself. But even if you're not consciously working with these energies, they're there and they're active. This is actually, by the way, why a lot of um, modern spiritual communities believe we have a harvest on August 1st. They literally believe that this powerful alignment between Sirius causes um, growth and to the point where it's harvest time. So it's really interesting the connection even between the Lionsgate portal activation and Lunasa. But going back for you, Libra, um, so even if you haven't been consciously doing any emotional integration or up-leveling work, you've been receiving and are certainly the last couple of days receiving these downloads. And for you, I feel like these are really taking the form of emotional um, growth and emotional self-mastery and taking responsibility for your emotions. So you have up-leveled, I think, whether you feel that or not, and I feel like you're going to have some sort of beautiful moment on or around Lunasa or the full moon in Aquarius where it's going to become clear to you that you have up-leveled and that you are a new person and a more emotionally responsible, safe person. And now let's move on to Scorpio. So Scorpio, for you, I pulled the Queen of Pentacles, which is really, really exciting. So the queen of pentacles for you as what you are um, harvesting is an indication that you are more connected right now to your body. You are more intuitively aware of your body. And I feel like, I don't know if you've been eating healthier or more intentionally, or if you've been exercising or engaging in more of a mindful body practice, but often the, the queen of cups in, or I'm sorry, the queen of pentacles indicates that there is a deeper connection to one's physical body. There's more of a, an awareness and understanding a relationship there. And so that's one thing that you're actually harvesting on Lunasa this year is you're in a newfound relationship with your body. And if you've been struggling with your health, Health, which I certainly hope that you haven't been. This is actually a really good sign, not that necessarily things are going to improve. I would never predict anything like that. And I don't even use tarot as a predictive tool, which you know if you've been with me for a while. But it does just show that you're more in harmony with your body and you know intuitively what your body needs and wants. And so you're a more powerful healer of yourself now um, due to body work that you've been engaging in for probably the last couple months, but maybe as, as long as years or your whole lifetime. So that's really powerful that you've reached this level of intuitive mastery with your physicality. But also the queen of pentacles indicates that this is a really abundant time for you, actually very similar to um, cancers who are working with the energy of empress right now. You have all of your switches to receive are turned on, whether you know this or not. So this is a really powerful time for you to manifest anything, but especially financial prosperity and abundance and love. So this is a really powerful full moon slash holiday for you to conduct a love spell or a prosperity ritual. And I think that you're going to see the results pretty instantaneously. And even without any sort of a theatrical performance, I think you'll probably notice that financial abundance could be flowing in around the time of the um, full moon and the... Uh, uh, the holiday on August 1st. And you might also notice um, some exciting new romantic prospects on the horizon. And if not, it is Leo season. And I really encourage you, especially with the queen of pentacles on your side to take a chance, reach out to your crush or flirt with someone or um, put yourself out there in some way if it's safe for you to do so right now. And I feel like the results that you receive are going to be really exciting and enjoyable. And also Scorpio, you're Harvesting just 
more of an awareness of your femininity, regardless of your gender. Um, you're harvesting um, more sensuality. You're harvesting more nurturance. And also similar to Libra, actually, you are more of a caretaker of both yourself and others. And I always think of the Queen of Pentacles as like the Martha Stewart card. And that's actually not a comparison that's unique to me. That's coming from Michelle T, which she wrote in her book, uh, Modern Tarot. She compared the Queen of Pentacles to Martha Stewart. And I just thought that was so brilliant. And it stuck with me ever since. And definitely the Queen of Pentacles is the proverbial Martha Stewart and you are definitely getting there. You're learning how to take care of yourself. You're not just learning, you're mastering how to take care of yourself physically and otherwise and how to take care of other people. And that's a really powerful lesson. And again, like Libra, I would encourage you to look around, see if there's anyone that needs your service right now or needs you to caretake them right now. And if you're feeling up to it, I recommend taking on the challenge because you, you're capable even if you might not necessarily feel that way. Um, but I think that you probably are feeling that way. Usually when we pull Queen of Pentacles, we are feeling ourselves. So I would imagine, Scorpio, that you are in a really good place right now and that you're feeling really good and you deserve it. Absolutely. So Sagittarius, for you, we pulled the Page of Cups, which is such a beautiful card for you. And it's actually very much in alignment with your essence already. So what you're harvesting on Lunasa this year, Sagittarius, is a greater sense of play and beauty and joy. And I love this for you because it's already, again, just so in your nature. Now, Sagittarius, you love play and you're very good at just listening to the inner child, keeping the inner child engaged, um, and you have a really strong awareness of how to do this effectively and how to prioritize your own pleasure in your life. What I also love about you, Sagittarius, which makes you so valuable to the world right now, is that you are an eternal optimist. And this is a gift that your ruling planet Jupiter has bestowed upon you, that you really do see the beauty and the joy in even the darkest of situations. And that's obviously valuable um, all the time, but certainly right now in these darker days that we're moving through. And so again, I'm really gonna encourage you to um, try to look around and see if there's anyone around you, not that you can caretake because that's not really page of cups energy, but you have, you're radiating right now, just total joy, beauty, optimism, childlike, uh, play and pleasure seeking. And these are energies that a lot of people around you might really benefit from experiencing. So I want you to look around and see who um, or where you can place yourself. And just being in the room with someone is going to affect them because you're so vivacious right now. So definitely be willing to spread that to other people, again, in a safe way, if possible. Um, and I think that that is going to feel really good for you and for everyone else as well. But what else are you harvesting? So again, this is a very romantic card. It's a very dreamy card. Um, it's very creative. Actually, um, pay close attention, Sagittarius, to your dreams during the Aquarius full moon. If you don't already keep a dream journal, then this might be a good time to start one. But even if not, try to write down your dreams around honestly, the whole week of the full moon. Cause as I said, I feel like the energy really does start days before and it lingers for days after. So, um, write down your dreams this week. 
And I feel like Uranus really does come to us in like a flash and Aquarius energy comes to us in a flash. So I feel like if you're going to get any intuitive insights from this full moon, it's not going to be in conscious waking meditation. It's going to be in dream time. So really set that intention, be open to that, and then make sure to really pay close attention to your dreams in the morning, write them down if you can. Um, and then also this is a really great time to do a love spell, a beauty or a ritual of any kind to tap into your inner goddess. Um, anything sort of water magic or feminine. And then I'm also recommending that you really just um, focus on the beauty of the world, whether that is listening to music and sort of losing yourself in your favorite song or buying some beautiful artwork for your home or even just looking at artwork online or um, through any other platform. Um, and also if you're a creator of any kind, if you're a writer or a painter um, dabbling in your creative art form will bring huge medicine during Lunasa, and um, I think you're going to find that it's extremely therapeutic. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, okay, so let's move on to Capricorn, for whom we pulled a little bit of a spiky card. So Capricorn, we pulled the Tower for you, which is the most feared card of the entire tarot. And I honestly feel like that's not necessarily appropriate because obviously the tower is intense, but really all the tower indicates is transformation. And I think it's kind of funny that as humans, we're so petrified by that thought, but really transformation is not anything to be afraid of. Now, what I think people do fear about the, the tower um, is that it tends to come on suddenly, which is very Aquarian Uranus vibes. Um, so I'm not surprised to see this. And it's also very fiery. And a lot of the time, not all the time, but sometimes with the tower, um, it's something that is inherently upsetting to the ego because whatever is falling metaphorically or crumbling like the building that's depicted on the card in the original Pamela Coleman Smith illustration um, is something that we were really identified with or something that we really wanted to be strong and steady and provide for us. And so it's really heartbreaking and there's often a grieving process with the tower um, that I think gets overlooked because of the fiery nature of this card. But Capricorn, um, I really do want you to grieve. I want you to grieve. Um, and I said this about Aries too. And actually you're similar to Aries in the sense that you don't like to grieve. You like to be strong. You like to be stalwart. And that's actually a gift that your daddy Saturn gave to you. And you are very strong. You're extremely resilient. And um, that's a superpower. But you still need to grieve and you still need to hold space for your emotions. And again, this might be surprising wisdom coming from the tower because it's so fiery in nature. But intuitively, that's what I'm feeling for you, Capricorn. And again, I really, it's just my opinion of this card generally that we don't talk about the grief that needs to happen with the tower. We talk about it with death. Um, but honestly, the tower and death, they're very different, but they're very similar too. In that, they both really do contain some sort of a perceived loss more often than not, whether that's a physical um, loss as in like a job or a person that we were dating that we broke up with or something like that, um, or whether it's internal, like a loss of identity or um, a loss of an opinion that we were able to have about someone because maybe we got some bad news about them or found out that they weren't really quite who we thought. There's all kind of different tower experiences. And I also want to add for you, Capricorn, that they are not always negative. I always say with the tarot that it never guarantees 
that we're going to feel a particular way when we're passing through a card. It really doesn't honestly guarantee anything, but it definitely doesn't guarantee that a card is going to look a certain way. Um, I always say that, you know, in the tower, you can be totally liberated and you can feel amazing while you're standing in the flames. You can literally be chanting, let it burn and just feeling so good about it. Or sometimes it can be quite traumatic and upsetting. But it really depends, obviously, on the particular situation. It depends on you and your perception. Um, so really, it can be very different. Also, it depends on the scale, because obviously, a massive tower moment where our whole life changes is going to be inherently a little bit nerve-wracking and ungrounding. But we can also have many tower moments that aren't like life-changing. They're just kind of like, whoa, okay, that threw me off for a minute. So whatever it is, Capricorn, just know that you do have some really strong transformational energies around you during this time. And my advice really is to embrace them. This is what you're harvesting. So it's something that you want. It's something that you've been working toward. It's not like this is something that's being forced upon you. So let it burn. That is my advice. And a really powerful talisman that I recommend working with anytime you're pulling the tower is black obsidian. Um, black obsidian is not necessarily, it's not a crystal, um, it's a volcanic glass, but it is a really powerful tool to work with when you're pulling the tower because it really brings all your feelings to the surface pretty aggressively to be transmuted. And it's not a, a stone, I'll call it, um, that I would recommend working with all the time, certainly. It's not for everybody, but Capricorn, I really do think you can handle it. And I feel like, especially if you work with it uh, alongside more of a gentle crystal to just sort of calm the energy a little bit, it will be really healing for you. It's a really good stone to help tap into tower energy. And I also think, uh, Capricorn, that working with Kali energy or even just any aspect of like the, the destroyer goddess or the dark mother will be really healing and powerful for you and will help you sort of work with the tower um, to your benefit during this lunar, uh, I keep saying lunar eclipse, during this Aquarius full moon and for Lunasa as well. And I think that it's really going to help you to see that the transformation that you're undergoing is extremely beneficial. And here's the other thing with the tower too, is that it always is beneficial. That's the secret is even in the event that it feels shitty in the moment, which unfortunately can happen. I mean, we know this, right? We know bad things happen. We know things happen that don't feel good. Like we can't live in denial of that fact. Um, but with the tower, not always with those experiences, but with the tower, we can be sure that it is actually an act of divine intervention on our behalf. And even if we don't see that right away, it becomes apparent later. But as I said, that's really not the vibe I'm getting, Capricorn. This is something that you've been working towards. So I feel like this is a transformation that you are ready for and that you've been wanting. And it's coming around Lunasa. So this is really a reason to get excited as far as I see. Um, but now let's move on to Aquarius for whom this is their uh, full moon, which is very exciting. I am an Aquarius, by the way. I don't know if you know that about me, but I am an Aquarius sun. Actually, you do know that about me because I guess I just mentioned it a couple cards ago. Um, but for us Aquarians, I pulled, again, three cards. And um, again, I don't like to read that many for like a mini reading like this, but I felt like, <clears throat> excuse me, they were all super important. So the first card is Temperance, which is so beautiful, Aquarius. And holy shit, I literally can't think of a better card for any sign for the full moon happening in their natal sun sign. Um, or even if you are an Aquarius moon or Aquarius rising, especially actually if you're an Aquarius moon, this uh, full moon might be even more powerful for you than us Aquarius suns. So um, 
temperance is all about, it's kind of like what we were just talking about actually with um, the downloads that we're all getting from the Lionsgate portal. Um, Aquarius, you are going to be totally upgraded at the cellular level by the end of August. Uh, you're literally going to be a different being. And so that's really profound. And what's powerful is, like I said, the Aquarius full moon in particular gets me really excited because it is these Uranus vibes. We're all shifted in an instant. It's like a lightning bolt of an upgrade just strikes us and then suddenly we are upgraded. And obviously as Aquarians, we are aliens, like we are natives of Uranus. And so we know all about that and we take that on really well. And so, um, that is happening. That's happening for all of all Aquarians, um, especially around the time of the full moon in Aquarius. And for Lunasa, that's what we're establishing. That's what we're harvesting is we're harvesting literally a, a healing that is going to occur at the cellular level and change us. And it's not going to require ritual. It's not going to require intention. It's something that's really just happening. And we're going to just, all we have to do is allow it, allow it to occur. And working with angelite is a really powerful talisman for Aquarians right now. This is the stone that calls forth the angelic energies um, that the temperance card suggests are actually coming in to work with us. And I feel like Aquarians, like we don't always love angel vibes as much. I feel like we prefer like alien vibes, but um, honestly, aliens and angels are arguably the same thing. So I actually kind of love this card for the Aquarius full moon square Uranus, because that's really what the vibes are. Whatever you want to call it or whatever you want to think of those beings as, um, they're coming in to heal you. So just let it happen and ride with it. Now, I don't like to focus on temperance as a card of balance, because I think it's a hugely gross oversimplification of this card. Also maximalism forever. Um, but I do also feel like for some Aquarians, some select Aquarians, um, this could also be about harvesting some sort of balance in your life. Um, you might have been working for a while to maintain some sort of balance, whether it is external balance, you know, work, life, pleasure, um, all that stuff that we're always frankly battling. Or it could be more of an internal balance. But either way, if this, I feel like for those of you, sorry, I just dropped my phone. I feel like for those of you that this will resonate with, um, you know immediately. And for those of you that it doesn't, like, it won't. But um, if you've been striving for balance for a while in any area of life, whether, again, it's external or internal, um, it might be mental health balance, it might be emotional balance, it might be spiritual balance. Um, it might be balance in a relationship, but if that's something you've been working toward, I feel like you're going to get a beautiful confirmation that this is all set um, on the full moon on the third or for Lunasa. So that's really a, a beautiful piece of reassurance, I think. So then we also have for the two other cards, <clears throat> excuse me, we have the moon, which is the card that I recorded a tarot immersion on that I actually went on to delete because I felt like it was really good, but I felt like it wasn't as good as it could be. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a little bit of a perfectionist and I feel like the moon card is so important that I could not release a whole uh, podcast episode on it unless I was sure that I covered all my bases and I wasn't. So I didn't. 
Um, but I kind of wish I did because I actually specifically talked about the moon card in conjunction with the seven of cups. And those are the other two cards I pulled for Aquarius for the full moon and for Lunasa for what we're harvesting right now. And the full moon, or I'm sorry, the moon card and the seven of cups together indicates that there could be some sort of um, illusion or something that we don't know completely about. And this might sound like weirdly ominous, and I totally don't mean for it to because it's not negative in any way, but just know, Aquarius, that this is actually not a great time to act. Um, if you're given any sort of an offer or if you're asked to sign any contracts or if you are um, forced into any corners or given any ultimatums or asked to make any decisions, just don't. Uh, literally don't. We often feel when we're asked to make decisions that we have to do it now, now, now. There's uh, no time. But um, with these cards, make time because uh, we're not going to be thinking clearly. And I don't know why. Honestly, we all pass through these periods of time where we're mentally a little foggy and we're not really seeing clearly. Um, and we are passing through one of those times when uh, we're in the Seven of Cups. And the moon card, I actually did, as I said, a, literally a whole episode that I now honestly wish that I had published because I could refer you to it. Um, but the moon card is very demonized and it shouldn't be. Um, it's often discussed as a card that indicates a time of disillusionment or trickery or uh, someone intentionally withholding information from you. And this card is seeping with patriarchal influence that it kills me. This is not a card to be afraid of. And I don't ever think the moon means that you're being intentionally disillusioned. But what I do think the moon means is that we don't have all the information. And again, just like the tower, the moon sometimes feels kind of bad when we're moving through it. Sometimes the moon can feel not bad, that's not the right word, but uncomfortable. It can almost metaphorically feel like we're literally wandering around a dark room. The lights are off and we've got our arms outstretched before us and we don't know what's around us. Like we don't know if we're about to bump into like a piece of furniture. It's just kind of an uncomfortable state. And that's how I feel about the moon is that at worst it's uncomfortable. At best it can be weirdly like magical feeling. Um, and that was kind of how I was feeling it when I was recorded the tarot immersion. I had just pulled it for myself and it really resonated and I was so excited that I wanted to share. And for me it wasn't negative at all the way that it came to me at that time, but it certainly can have a very uncomfortable feel to it. But the one thing that I feel is consistent with the moon is that when we pull it, we usually don't have all the information. That's kind of the one consistency. And again, not because there's trickery involved or because someone in the situation is out to get us, but rather just simply because sometimes matters take time to unfold and to come to completion. And so, um, especially combined with seven of cups, which is all about, um, same thing. It's like a very fantasy oriented card where it's a really good time to daydream. It's a really good time to play around in your mind with all the different possibilities and options, but it's not a good time to lock yourself down into anything. It's almost like a personal Mercury retrograde moment, and that's what we Aquarians are going through. So as much as we have this beautiful temperance energy coming in, um, just remember that this is not a good time to make decisive action in the, in the practical world. Uh, so don't commit to anything, don't agree to anything, don't sign anything, don't do anything drastic. Um, I know that can sound weird and just sort of frustrating because obviously like the show must go on. We're obviously going to live our lives. Um, but really for the full moon period um, and just for that first week of August, 
if you can do minimum action, that's what I would recommend. And again, I really don't let anyone pressure you or make you feel like you have to make a decision immediately because you don't. And I think it's going to be really important to just not do anything. And you'll know why later, like more information is always coming with the moon and the seven of cups alike, but you just don't have all the info right now. So again, even if you get like a super glamorous offer or invitation or something like that, um, just sit on it. I'm not saying say no. I'm just saying, uh, don't do anything decisive or agree to anything that you can't easily and comfortably back out of if you need to. And then the final card that I pulled is the Knight of Swords for Pisces. And Pisces, this is definitely an interesting card for you because it's not really in your nature to be this way. Um, but the Knight of Swords is all about having an agreement almost, as Lindsay Mack says, uh, with the body about uh, temporarily needing to stretch its limits a little bit. So Pisces, you are harvesting Basically, you're feeling physically more energized than usual. You're feeling mentally more energized and capable than usual. You're in a personal high right now. So use it. This is a really productive full moon first week of August for you. So that's really what you're harvesting, Pisces. You're harvesting a really productive moment in your personal cycle. So get shit done. Um, pull an all-nighter if you have to. P pick up an extra shift if you have to. Uh, whatever it is, whatever it is that you're working toward, um, that you were hoping for insight about in this reading, um, just do the work, put in the effort. Um, it's okay if you have to stretch the, the physical limits of what your body is capable of or what your mind is capable of. That's just kind of the name of the game right now. Um, and if you're struggling with this, call upon the Knight of um, Swords within who will support you. And you can also work with energizing crystals like carnelian that will help you if it's a case of feeling physically tired but needing to keep going. Um, that can be a really powerful talisman for that type of work. But um, really, it's simple, Pisces. You just you have more of an opportunity now to get shit done than you normally do. And again, like that's that makes sense to me because you normally are just a very like slow, kind of weavy, magical, non-structured being. Um, and that's fine. It works for you and it works for you really well. But this week and for Lunasa, you are really just, you're on a personal high. So work with that and get some shit done and rock it out because you've got the energy and you can make it happen. So that's good news. So yeah, that's it. Um, Okay, this was a really long episode, actually, um, but I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you're really excited about Lunasa, even if you only celebrate in a very subtle, small way, or even if you don't celebrate at all. I just like to honor all of the holy days, and I feel like Lunasa is one of them that I don't always celebrate because it's easy to gloss over. It's not like Halloween or like Yule where you really can't ignore it. It's just kind of like a random one. Um, but I do really want you to do something kind for yourself at least or for someone else on Lunasa, if nothing else. But um, I do hope that you find the time to celebrate, do some kind of a ritual based on the card that I pulled for you here. And I really hope that you, I loved this. I had so much fun doing this reading. So I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that it was helpful. Um, and I hope that you are looking forward to August because I know I am. So thank you very much for being here and for listening. Um, as always, I'm going to ask you to uh, subscribe to my weekly newsletter if you don't already. Um, I send it out every Tuesday morning 
and I basically just talk quickly about the astrology of the week. I pull a card for the week and we talk about that. I publish a weekly gratitude list. I'm doing like a weekly crystal tip now, which is kind of fun. Um, so it's a really good way to just stay in touch. So please subscribe to that. I have the link down in the description of this episode. And then as always, I'm going to ask you to email me if you have any questions or anything that you want me to cover on the podcast. Um, listener engagement is really important to me and I really want to make sure that I'm covering things that you're interested in. Um, so please just communicate with me. I am qualified to speak on pretty much anything witch related, um, witchcraft, tarot, astrology, ritual, practical magic, manifesting, Reiki, healing, tapping, uh, divination, you know, at this point, I think what we talk about here. So if there's anything, whether it's a very specific question or just a broader subject, um, just send it to me. And if I can work it in, I would love to. So I'd love to hear from you. So thanks again for listening and take really good care of yourself. And I will talk to you very soon.